Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for The Festive Fortnight, starting Friday the 17th of December 2021, including a French-themed escapade for the Grand Tour Boys on Amazon Prime Video and star-studded pre-apocalyptic comedy drama Don't Look Up on Netflix. We'll also be looking at the Disney Plus animation Encanto, as well as Ron's Gone Wrong, and the touching, very touching, Apple TV sci-fi drama Swan Song. But first, Ian, what's in the news? From Downton Abbey writer Julian Fellows comes the lavish US drama The Gilded Age on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. That's set in the high society of 1880s New York, and it stars Sex and the City's Cynthia Nixon and Meryl Streep's daughter, Louisa Jacobson. What else is in the news, Hannah? The Crown is brilliantly back. I absolutely love The Crown. Um, the Older Queen is now played by Imelda Staunton. Um, this is season five, unbelievably. Um, and the royal family suffer a very annus horribilis with divorces and the Windsor fire. Then deal with Diana's tragic death. And Dominic West, of course, will play Prince Charles. Well, as I said, it's the bumper double Christmas edition of Binge Watch. So if the festive offerings on so-called normal TV, such as uh, Call the Midwife, of course, Mrs. Brown's Boys, Strictly Christmas Special, which we both love, um, aren't enough for you, then there's plenty to choose from on the streaming services while you're cooped up indoors for a few days with your nearest and dearest. So we're going to start off with something perhaps for the dads and the lads, it's the return of the Grand Tour Boys on Amazon Prime in a French-themed escapade. And here's a clip. France. We like their food, their wine. But French cars can be a bit weird. I'm going to do it. Go! I'm going to take it for a drive! Fuck you! Fuck it's claimed the suspension is so good that you could drop one from 500 feet. So this latest outing for Jeremy Clarkson, James May and Richard Hammond, as I said, has a French theme. It starts off with Clarkson saying, uh, what's the matter with the French? And given uh, recent tensions with our near neighbours and the fact that in the past this trio has been accused of a a spot of casual racism, the alarm bells did go off. But fear not, <laughs> it's not like that at all. They're taking a look particularly at the very idiosyncratic cars that the French have produced over the years. So they include this bizarre heli car, which Richard Hammond takes for a drive. It has a giant propeller on the front of it. Of course, the famous 2CV there's uh, quite a good race, a longer race than usual, where they're all driving hot hatches. They take some French family cars off-road and they decide which French car they would like to fling back across the channel using a giant catapult. So there's plenty here for Grand Tour fans to enjoy. The, the, the pranks, the banter, the challenges, the races, the cars 
we always talk about the chemistry between these three. It works really well. I didn't particularly enjoy Richard Hammond's cod French accent. But um, I've owned a few French cars over the years, Hannah. We had uh, the Renault 4 when I was growing up and the Renault 5. I owned a Citroen Visa. That wasn't very good. My brother had a 2CV. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the car stuff in this. What did you think of it, Hannah? Yeah, I mean, these guys work really well together, don't they? I mean, they just they just gel and it's kind of like stepping into an old pair of slippers watching something like this. But you're quite right. If you don't like them, you're not going to like this. Um, I think when I knew it was set in France, I was kind of had the same uh, warning signals that you might have had. And everyone's probably got thinking, oh, my goodness, what was I going to say? Because I think that, you know, Jeremy Clarkson doesn't hold back on the French, does he particularly? So, you know, I thought, here we go again. Um, but actually... It does. It just does what it says on the tin, and it, and it and it is good. And I think you're I th- one thing I noticed actually when I go to France is how patriotic they are to their own brand. Whereas we're not in this country, are we? We're not driving English cars. <laughs> Do we own any en- anymore? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's funny. They they work well together. Yes, and among the aspects of French culture that they touch on are the fact that uh, they're not averse to taking to the streets and blockading the roads when um, they disagree with government policy um perhaps it's something we could do with a bit more of over here hannah not that i'm inciting anyone to uh, take to the streets yeah perhaps. i'm just saying you know after that number 10 number 10 christmas party maybe we should all rock up there on christmas eve without masks i mean no i'm not saying i'm not suggesting to be an anarchist no not at all <laughs> now as it's christmas and there's a lot to get through we're going to kick off with not one but two Disney animated feature films. You're going to talk about the first one, Hannah. It's called Encanto. Many years ago, this candle blessed our family with a miracle. Our house, our casita, came to life with magic. Hola, casita. Time, every member of our family Cecilia, up top. was given their own magical gift. Yeah, this is just so lovely. So it's, as you say, Disney Plus, um, it's an animation. Um, and it, it reminds me um, a little bit of the um, remake of, of Rapunzel. Um, and it's um, it's just a... In the way that it, in the way that the characters are, I suppose, and it's just really, really heartwarming. So it's set around the the Madrigal family, Madrigal family. Don't know how you pronounce it. Um, and it's set in the the hidden mountains of Colombia, and this house is magic, and it sort of comes to life. And it's as I say, it's heartwarming. Is kind of the real theme I think throughout this, and essentially every single person in that family has um, a magical gift, a magical power. They're able to heal or they're able to listen to animals um, and understand them, except for, for one child, Mirabelle, who doesn't seem to have any magical powers at all. And her parents do everything they can to sort of say to her, you're still magic in your own way. It doesn't matter, you know, trying to kind of placate her. Well, actually, the, the house begins to become in danger because it's been it's magical it's sort of set away from everything else but that magic is threatened and could Mirabelle be the only one in the family to protect their amazing home it's just it's it's straight from the beginning with this and I I actually love 
a lot of animation films, but straight away with this, you're kind of... I use the word heartwarming. I think it's the third time I've used it, but it really is. You're kind of taken into it. It's one for all of the family, but yes, you kind of, uh, it's not just fluffy and nice the whole way through. It has got that kind of, that um, element of danger and worry and concern and ups and downs and highs and lows. And so I think it it really works, but it also feels weirdly, given it's so bright and sunny, it feels quite Christmassy um for some reason so yeah ticks all the boxes for me meanwhile hannah i've been taking a look at ron's gone wrong also on disney plus also an animated feature film which like encanto has had a cinema release there's two kinds of people dad the ones who have a b-bot and the ones who don't hey guys oh sorry i'm in your shot oh i have a filter for that Really? You need a bebot to have a social life? Yeah, Dad, kind of. I, I don't want you addicted to some device. Yeah, no. So this is co-written by uh, one of the creators of Borat, Peter Bainham. It's been described as a sort of uh, a tech spin on E.T. Aspects of it might remind people of uh, Disney's Big Hero 6 and um, Wally, particularly the character Eva. So... The kid that doesn't fit in is a staple of children's movies. And in this film, uh, Barney, who's from a Bulgarian immigrant family in small town America, he doesn't really fit in at school, um, partly because everyone else at school has got the must-have toy, which is called the Bebot. And it's a sort of small cylindrical robot that's sort of like your best buddy and it hooks you up to social media and it can do all sorts of things you can even ride along on it and it knows all about you and what you like and what your hobbies are and it's marketed by this big tech company now poor old barney because his dad who sells sort of novelties but not very successfully um his dad can't afford to buy him a bebot for his birthday but he does manage to get hold of one that literally <laughs> has fallen off the back of a lorry. But because it has, uh, it doesn't really work properly. And that is where a lot of the humour um, in this comes from, as they try to build a relationship together. The Bebot is voiced by Zach Galifianakis uh, of The Hangover fame. He's very funny. And, um, yeah, just how the Bebop keeps getting things wrong and sort of tries to make new friends for Barney, but assembles this sort of motley crew of weirdos. <laughs> I'm trying to remember back when I was at school, which is a long time ago, what the must-have things were. I guess it was a rally chopper uh, at one point, skateboards. Well, obviously, kids these days, um, yeah, are very tech-savvy and... The film does make a point about kind of being addicted to tech and also the fact that social media kind of harvests all the information about you, but it doesn't hit you over the head with it. And and at the heart of it is this rather touching relationship with this this boy that doesn't fit in and his kind of malfunctioning (laughs) bebot. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed that. And um, that's highly recommended. I I think, you know, all ages will enjoy this one, too. And one thing I didn't spot till I saw the credits rolling was that uh, Barney's uh, crazy granny, Bulgarian granny Donka, 
uh, as voiced by the one and only Olivia Coleman. So there you go. Next up, Hannah, you're going to tell us about another film with a rather different take on technology. It's the moving Apple TV sci-fi swan song. I can't lie to my family anymore. The second you tell your wife that you are dying, your opportunity to do this is gone. Yes, it is. Now, Apple TV, we talk about quite a bit, and they sort of certainly have the budget, and, and, and you can really see it in the work they do. Everything about it is impressive, really, um, and Swan Song is absolutely no different. So it's very, it's kind of, it's very poignant, and it's quite, it's quite scary in a way. So it's a, it's kind of a sci-fi thriller, but not in the way that you'd expect it to be. So the film centres around um, a terminally ill man called Cameron, um, but his wife is pregnant, and he's also got a small, a young son, and so he's trying to keep his diagnosis secret. Um, always, you know, not a good thing to do. And he turns to a pioneering scientist, Dr. Joe Scott, who's played by Glenn Close. And um, uh, they've devised a procedure in, in that he can be cloned. And so he would then have a duplicate. And even his subconscious has been transferred to this clone. And so this clone would then continue to live his life. So the wife would never ever know that it wasn't her husband anymore because it is the same person. So it's set 20 years from now um, and it sort of feels almost like, I mean, I'm going to talk later about what I binged on and, and it will all become clear, but, you know, we are cloning. It's a possibility. It's very real. And so that's why this is a bit sort of, you know, shivers down the spine sort of feel because you think, gosh, could this actually happen? And what does this mean for mankind, for humanity? Because surely something could go wrong here. Because when they describe, you know, what the duplicate is like, it's exactly the same. Even the memories, how how can that be? So um, it's... it's quite, um, it's it's really quite deep. As I say, loads of loads of money thrown at this. It's a really really great production. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty scary in some ways because I suppose it's sort of dicing with the reality of that. Could that ever really happen? And will he ever tell his wife what he's planning or is actually going through with? I think Charlie Brooker will be watching this and thinking, "Wow, this would have been." perfect for an episode of Black Mirror, his sort of dystopian sci-fi anthology series. I really liked it. Um, It's quite low-key, isn't it? And and quiet. Two great leads, well, three great leads. Uh, Cameron is played by Mahershala Ali, and his pregnant wife Poppy is played by uh, British actress Naomi Harris, who of course has been in the Bond movies. And You've got Glenn Close, as you said, as the scientist, uh, jo- Dr. Joe Scott. I always quite like these these things that are set in the near future because it's not so far ahead that everything is unrecognisable. In this future, uh, 20 years from now, it seems like everyone lives and works in very tidy and stylish modern houses and offices. Um, but yeah, they're... 
they're a great combo. The two leads, they work together on Moonlight. Uh, Ali won an Oscar for that, and Harris uh, was nominated for one. Um, Ali, of course, was also in Green Book, which is a great film. So, yeah, I like the fact that there's no histrionics in this. He's he's taking this decision. Does he let his wife continue with family life, none the wiser, with the clone that will be indistinguishable from himself? If he lets that happen, he will cope with his terminal illness and die on his own. So it's a really good premise, um, and I love the way it's done. It's very moving. Uh, obviously you've got Ali playing the real man and the clone and that's cleverly managed and it's interesting to see the way in which he's made very slight differentiations between the two even though they are identical so it's it's a different take on the sci-fi genre I think very well done and very moving now our final selection before we round up the best of the rest of the Christmas telly it's another sci-fi, but a rather different one because it's a black comedy, a pre-apocalyptic movie called Don't Look Up. And here's a clip. There's a comet headed directly towards Earth. Do you know how many the world is ending meetings we've had over the last two years? Drought, famine. Oh, and the ozone is so boring. So this one is unexpectedly topical because uh, recently on the news we've seen that NASA have been testing ways of deflecting asteroids in case one ends up on a, a collision course with Earth. Now this one is written and directed by Adam McKay who's known for uh, quite a few comedy movies including Anchorman as well as The Big Short about the financial crisis. And it centres on two astronomers, uh, Dr. Randall Mindy and Kate DeBlasky. Now, they are played by Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. And they discover that, yes, uh, there is a comet that's on a collision course with planet Earth. Uh, now, we've seen a lot of disaster movies in which a sort of planet-ending event is imminent and people don't listen to the experts until it's too late, or nearly too late. So they have great fun with that idea in this because Dr. Randall and Kate go on a media tour to try and get the word out. This comet's heading for us. It's going to be the end of the world. <laughs> but unfortunately, no one really takes it seriously. Uh, and they also go to the White House to talk to the president, who's played by Meryl Streep, and her chief of staff, who also happens to be her son, uh, he's played by Jonah Hill, who, of course, was with DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. He's very funny. You can tell he's doing quite a lot of improvising in his role. And really, yes, no one is that interested. There's also like a a celebrity event, uh, the last concert to save the world. Streep's president is, is very funny. Um, Mackay says that he, he took aspects of various different presidents Um there's a really star-studded cast in this. I mean, you've got Timothy Chalamet as a social media obsessive. You've got Kate Blanchett as the, the breezy host of a morning show that they appear on. Mark Rylance plays a media magnate. Uh, Ariana Grande, the singer, has a role. Uh, Friend star Matthew Perry. Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America. Himesh Patel, 
who was in yesterday. So, yeah, more stars than the galaxy, dare I say. It's a great black comedy. Obviously, there are echoes, I guess, of the lack of response to the impending catastrophe of climate change. Um, but yeah, it's really well played. I thought it was funny. Um, what did you think of this one, Hannah? Yeah, it, it's, as you say, completely star-studded. Meryl Streep's absolutely brilliant, um, but also really quite poignant, isn't it? Because you think, again, um, could this happen? And no one takes it very seriously. Um, but the, the humour that's brought to it is also is, is really serious and it's a real threat to the world. But also, it's they make it very funny too. Well, the scientists or the, the astronomers don't, but the the kind of people surrounding the president and it's yeah, I, it, it it it's a really good watch. Now, there's so much on on streaming platforms over the festive fortnight that we can't properly preview all of it. But I just want to give you a quick roundup of a few more Christmas crackers to look out for. Now, one of my favourites, the Cockfields is back for a Christmas special on gold. That's on Monday the 13th of December. And it's uh, Joe Wilkinson uh, co-wrote and stars in this. And it's about his family getting together on the Isle of Wight. Uh, there's a few new cast members this time, including uh, Gregor Fisher. That's very funny. And it covers things like the obligatory wearing of paper hats at the dinner table. Forensic crime drama Silent Witness will be back on the Beeb in the new year. But in the meantime, Liz Carr, who has left the Silent Witness cast, she is appearing in the second series of fantasy drama The Witcher, which arrives on Netflix on Friday the 17th of December. If you fancy a bit of a festive rom-com, there's a sequel, A California Christmas City Lights, which is all about Callie and Joseph, played by a real-life married couple, Lauren and Josh Swickard, and uh, their romance is threatened when business obligations call Joseph back to San Francisco. On Netflix, again, Until the Wheels Come Off, which arrives on Tuesday the 14th of December. That's a documentary that follows the comedian Russell Howard over the course of 18 months. Also on Netflix, Wednesday the 15th of December, you have the film The Hand of God, which is the latest offering from Oscar-winning writer and director Paolo Sorrentino. Um, and it follows an Italian teenager whose life is upended when footballer Diego Maradona joins the Napoli team. Also on Netflix, Titans, the superhero drama, is returning for a third series from Wednesday the 8th of December. And on Amazon Prime Video, this sounds great, Being the Ricardos, which arrives on Tuesday the 21st of December. That's a one-off drama. It stars Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem as uh, real-life married couple Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. On Netflix, Emily in Paris is back for a second season, which is all about the ditzy American who whose job in Paris has been extended on Disney Plus from Wednesday the 22nd of December The Wonder Years remember that one from the 80s and early 90s it starred Fred Savage as the teenager Kevin who was growing up in US suburbia well this new version features a black family from Alabama during the late 1960s and the civil rights era and finally 
one especially for me because my local football club is Dulwich Hamlet FC on Discovery Plus. Save Our Beautiful Game, which arrives on holiday Tuesday, follows former Liverpool and England striker Peter Crouch as he goes back to his footballing roots to help save non-league football club Dulwich Hamlet, where he played when he was a 17-year-old, which is on the verge of going out of business. Now, we've reached that point, Hannah, where you tell me what you've been binging on. So uh, please reveal all. So we were talking earlier about, you know, cloning and what have you. Um, well, I watched Dolly the Sheep that changes the world. Um, you'll remember her from 1996. I can't believe it's that long ago. And she was the first mammal to be cloned and sort subsequent under lots of scrutiny at the time and lots of concerns around it. But of course, it's led to an awful lot of brilliant stem cell research. A very interesting watch. And a little less highbrow, I've become utterly addicted to Below Deck Mediterranean on Netflix, which is this addictive reality show set on board a luxury charter yacht following the staff and the super rich clients. Uh, I'm already on to my second series of that. It's like a wonderful soap opera at sea. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to what we'll be previewing in our first Binge Watch podcast of the new year. So what are we going to be talking about, Hannah? Well, the Star Wars universe expands even further with Disney Plus's new spin-off series, The Book of Boba Fett, which centres on the franchise's legendary bounty hunter. And on Netflix, Kush Jumbo, Richard Armitage and James Nesbitt are hiding dark secrets in the new thriller Harlan Coben's Stay Close. So it just remains for us to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And above all, whatever you do, watch The Grand Tour Presents Carnage Artois is available on Amazon Prime Video from Friday the 17th of December. Encanto is on Disney Plus from Christmas Eve and Ron's Gone Wrong from Monday the 13th of December. Swan Song is on Apple TV from Friday the 17th of December and Don't Look Up is on Netflix from Christmas Eve. <laughs>